Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Everyday Motherhood, the podcast that inspires you to pause, connect, and play more every single day. The podcast that's focused on you, the mom, to help you fill up your cup and rediscover the joy and love in your everyday life. We can't parent alone, and parenting is too serious to be serious all the time. Thanks for being here. My name is Christy Thomas. I am the founder and developer of PlayForLifeMoms.com. Let's jump in. I have the perfect guest for you today. Her name is Dr. Rebecca Hirschberg, and she's a clinical psychologist who specializes in early childhood social emotional development and mental health. She's the founder of Little House Calls Psychological Services in New York City, and she wrote an amazing book called the Tantrum Survival Guide. Tune into your toddler's mind and your own to calm the craziness and make family fun again. She currently lives outside of New York City with her husband and two young sons who keep her busier, though also smiling more than any of those other things I have already said. I can't wait for you to meet her. Welcome, Rebecca Hirschberg. Dr. Hirschberg, I am so glad you're here. We are gonna talk about how to survive the holiday season with little kids. And you are kind of an expert on this. You wrote a really amazing book called The Tantrum Survival Guide. And even though I don't have any toddlers anymore, it was really applicable to me. So I wanna say thank you. Thank you. I've heard that actually, that people have used it for older kids. And recently actually someone told me they have given it, they're a psychologist and they give it to partners who's like wives or husbands whose whose partners have tantrums. <laughs> so I think maybe it's a lifespan situation. I think so. I was reading your book and what really caught me off guard was how much focused on um, remembering that like a tantrum situation has two partners in it and that it's not just your kid. Yes, it's an interaction. And that's so relevant. If we were going to jump right in, it's up to yeah. you but to the holiday season, because the holiday season is so activating for us. And then you add to that, you know, a little person whose brain isn't really cooked, who's overstimulated <laughs> by all the activity and the lights and the, de- you know, and it's just a recipe for what I call in the book tantrum interactions, because it really does take two to tango, as they say. Um, and that's very true when it comes to tantrums and holidays. Yeah. And a really good reminder I wrote down from your book was that toddlers are growing out of the capacity to not have a tantrum. I think all humans are just in process with this, right? Like toddlers in particular have all these brain things that are still growing in preschoolers, but we're not really any better all the time. 
No, especially when emotions are running high and the same thing that like we're very similar to toddlers like, oh, I didn't get enough sleep. I haven't eaten in four hours. I'm freezing cold. The other day I was freezing cold and um, I was in New York City. I live close to the city and the light wasn't changing to walk fast enough for my mm-hmm. <laughs> my lighting. and I felt myself starting to stomp my feet like turn you know like <laughs> you know and it's like that's such a response of like I can't manage my big feelings because I'm physically uncomfortable or you know and toddlers again it's a really good reminder are are going through that much more frequently but we're not done <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so if you could um say you're going to like a tree lighting ceremony or some sort of big community event. Do you have a tip for how to help a parent go through one of those holiday moments? Um, yeah. I mean, my first tip would be very, very concrete, which would be bring snacks. <laughs> I just feel like, and you know, obviously the book I hope feels deeper than that. Absolutely. Like, you know, (laughs) always have a bag of goldfish in your bag, you know, or like, you know, I think that's, that's important, but also I would say prepare your toddler for what you're doing. Um, you know, what, what we say things like, for example, tree lighting ceremony Mm -hmm. and that that triggers a whole script for us of what that means. Toddlers have no idea. Like there's going to be a tree. There's going to be, some singing, there's going to be such and such people that we know from the neighborhood there. It's going to be cold. It's outside. It's going to be cold. (laughs) You know, just all these things that we take for granted, our toddlers don't know, and their imaginations are so wild too. So sometimes you'll have a situation where, you know, you go to a tree lighting ceremony, or I can think of for me personally, when I went to a concert when Mm -hmm. I was little. I didn't know that I wasn't going to be invited up on stage. Oh, Um, it was a Willie concert. (laughs) It was a Willie Nelson concert. I was a huge. It's so funny. I was a huge Willie Nelson fan when I was little. My dad took me to a concert. It was at Radio City Music Hall, and I thought I'd be asked on stage to sing. And when I wasn't, I was so disappointed. And it's just because no one ever told me what what are the different parts of a concert what happens first what happens in the middle what happens next how does it end and when we prepare our toddlers and they have a sense that that this event is predictable they know what's coming to the extent possible they tend to keep more regulated and more calm as we all do that's huge mm-hmm. so that was another big takeaway that i took from your book was this idea of expectations are just resentments under construction so without being clear about what's actually happening, especially in this holiday season with our kids, like I took a kid to a tree lighting once and they literally thought the firefighters were going to light the tree. Like it wasn't, it was a very concrete thing. This kid is obsessed with fire trucks, right? His thing was right. like, what do you mean? <laughs> That's right. it. And then, like, and then again, because if you go back to the brain piece there, they can't always tolerate disappointment and maybe they could tolerate disappointment if the tree lighting ceremony had been at 10 in the morning right Mm -hmm. after breakfast but at that point it's dark they've had a long day and these big feelings come on and tantrums are just expressions of big feelings so the big feelings about the not the firefighters not being there enter and they suddenly fall apart and a lot of times we're confused about why not only because we may not understand that there had been a link in their brains to fire (laughs) (laughs) but also because like get over it. you know like this is such a strong reaction but that's where they're at developmentally okay so we know that 
we're putting ourselves in all sorts of situations that are going to push the limits and we need to bring snacks and we also <laughs> need to manage um, our own stress levels, right? And how we look at the situation and detach from their feelings, which is what you talk about in their book, like being able to observe. Do you have any tips for how a parent who's never thought of taking a step back in those moments or how to respond once the yeah, tantrum yeah. starts? I think particularly for something like a tree lighting ceremony, thinking in advance about how invested you are in it, you know, because you might have to leave early, maybe, and, and, you know, this might make you sad, but maybe the tree lighting is at seven o'clock and that's just not going to work for your toddler. And so you have to think like, do I really want to push this? Is this really important to me? And really weighing that because it's not, I've, I've seen that a lot, not necessarily with the tree lighting ceremony, but with the, you know, the Saturdays and Sundays leading up to the holidays when the people are invited to three or four parties. Mm-hmm. Before they had kids, sure, you party hop, you know, like what a blast, you know, after you have kids, like your kids may not be able to do that. And so you really have to think like, again, not to completely lose yourself now that you're a parent, but to weigh kind of what the different factors are. Um, I think to the extent we can all gain insight into what what's going to be, and this is an overused word, unfortunately, but what's going to be a triggering situation for us Mm -hmm. was lot of drama or weight or emotion around tree lightings when I was a child. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, was that like the highlight of our family when I was growing up? And so without knowing it, I have a lot of importance. Like this has to be a dreamy hallmark picture occasion. Yep. And then it's not and your kid doesn't want to go. And you realize that again, that's the expectation being a resentment under construction, which I didn't make up. So I just want to make that clear. But I love this. It's such a big thing. It was such an aha moment. I was like, oh, that's why that situation feels super hard because I'm putting all of this history from my childhood onto something. And then the holidays, like this is the perfect storm for that, especially. Big time, especially because we often find ourselves in situations where we are a child. So in other words, you walk through your, your family of origins door and suddenly you actually are 15 again because your mom is there and your grandma's there. And so (laughs) you're not an adult, you're a kid, but you have a kid. And so, you know, being really aware, not only of the memories that we're bringing to the situation, but also for those of us that have the characters who are still living and still part of our holiday celebrations, those patterns can easily get, you know, reenacted. That is just huge awareness right now. So if you like don't get anything else from that, just rewind this 30 second clip here (laughs) about giving yourself awareness that you're going to reenact things and get back in patterns. Like people always say to me, you know, oh, my kid always has tantrum. You know, it's so it's so frustrating because my child always has tantrums at my in-laws house and my, and my mother-in-law is so judgmental of my parenting. And then, and then I'll say, well, well, I wonder if it might go in the other direction. I wonder if you're so aware of your mother-in-law's judgment that you're kind of anxious and dysregulated and then you can't be there for your child in the usual way. And that's what's triggering the tantrum. And it's like often this really big light bulb moment of, Oh, so the best thing for me to do is for me to stay calm and regulated when I get to my mother-in-law's and then maybe my child will take his or her cues from my energy. Um, 
And that comes up all the time in the holidays, obviously, because we have all these family gatherings and celebrations. Yeah, you're putting yourself into these, what I like to call kind of lousy local conditions where you're, you know. That's a good expression. Yeah, you're just putting yourself out there in those patterns. I love it. It's like an lousy local condition. (laughs) So if you're in a lousy local condition and you know you're going to be triggered and that you forgot snacks or you have your snacks anyways, what is a way that you can self-regulate? Because this is a tantrum interaction. So how can a parent find calm or react? Yeah, I mean, I think sort of some typical grounding exercises that certainly you can do quickly and on the fly, and many of your listeners may know them, but, you know, feeling your feet on the earth mm-hmm. and, and not just not just feeling your feet kind of receiving the support of the ground, mm-hmm. not sort of feeling the texture, but really taking in that support. Um, I often do a five, four, three, two, one exercise where you're focusing on your sensory experiences. Yeah. So you pick color, like I'm going to find five things around me that are green. I'm going to touch four different textures. I'm going to see if I can hear three different sounds and, and you go through your senses because when you're focused on your present sensory input, by definition, you're not spinning in your head and your heart isn't starting to race. It's just a way of kind of really being in the moment. And, and then there's, you know, breathe, certainly taking deep breaths. Um, sometimes thinking about a fun, um, memory with my kid, like just purposefully going back to that time, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. when they had chocolate frosting all over their face and we were laughing together and having a frosting fight and just remembering that the child in front of me is that same child. Yes. (laughs) Um, I think it's really, yeah, it's a, it's about playing with your thoughts and your body experiences to get to the things that make you feel calm. Some parents I know, um, carry a peppermint tea bag and smell, you know, and, and, and instead of just doing regular breathing, they'll breathe with the tea bag under their nose because peppermint is a soothing smell. Yeah. Right. Just. And then it's sort of like, you know, parents will say to me, you know, oh, that's so lame or like, I don't, (laughs) yeah, sure. But also it works and you know yourself and you know when you're going to be in a, you know, local, what is it? Lousy local local condition. condition (laughs) And prepare for it. It's, you know, and it's, it's also great in some ways to narrate that out loud for our kids to say, you know, wow, I am really getting frustrated good thing I have this tea bag because I knew that might happen. I'm going to take a few deep, you know, if, when you say yeah, it out loud, I'd love that modeling for your kid. Like, Oh, I, I prepared for having these big feelings and I'm not afraid of them. And I know I can handle them. And I have these tools literally in my pocketbook. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, that's great. And one of the strategies, cause my kids are seven, 11 and 13. And one of the strategies we've used to help so they can save face when they're overwhelmed like this is what we also have like a code word. So if they say like, I really want some chips and salsa, mom, even though like we're nowhere where we'd ever have chips and salsa, like that means they want to go take a deep breath with me and like have yeah. a moment of self-regulation. So I love that. And did you guys come up with that phrase together? Um, I think I stole it from somebody else and I just adapted <laughs> I it, right? Like... I know, I love that. And I love that it, because with little kids, they also love, um, 
you know, helping being a part of that mm-hmm. imagination process, especially I have frozen two on the brain. Oh, we yeah. All, <laughs> me, but saying, you know, like, let's come up with a code word that would be something that Elsa would say. Exactly. You know, you know, like, yep. Bringing into the into the idea of coming up with tools. Yeah. So I love all of these tips. So be aware, bring snacks, know the patterns that you're going to come up with all the time, right? Like if you're around your family, you're going to face all these things. If you're, I'm just going to add one other yeah. thing. That comes up. If you're going with another adult, whether mm-hmm. it's your partner or your mother, your like be open about some of this in advance with them Ooh. so that you don't find yourself arguing in the moment. Like we're going to leave. No, we're not going to leave. This isn't working. We're leaving. No, I came all this way. You know, it's like, it's like, coming up with a game plan, obviously there can't be an exact formula or algorithm. Like, just so you know, I'm okay with leaving an hour early if we need to. What about you? Well, no, I'd rather stay. Okay. So then maybe we go into cars or maybe, I mean, again, like whatever the accommodation needs to be. So yeah. So I just think that's important to be so, because so often these high stress situations lead us not only to be in tantrum interactions with our kids, but to be in interactions, tantrum interactions, certainly like frustration interactions with the other grownups if we're not vaguely on the same page in the first place. That is that is a huge tip right there because I have definitely ran into that in the 13 years of parenting and even before we had kids, right? In our marriage, going oh. to these events and I'm like, it's your work event, not mine. So I'm totally fine leaving early. And he's like, no, we're staying. We're closing down the event. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, but also I wish I had known uh-huh. that because then I might have taken a nap or that. Right. Know? Or I would have worn different shoes. Let's just right. be practical. Exactly. Like the right. practical considerations too. Like yeah, exactly. I would have packed my own snack because I know that there's not enough appetizers at this event. Right. <laughs> totally. I think also the other thing I would add is it, I'm like throwing out tips. I hope No, this is amazing. Yeah to me um I mean this again it sounds obvious but knowing your kid yeah. because things that you might find really fun are overwhelming for your kid like mm-hmm. there are kids who absolutely love you know Christmas trees and Santa Claus and Hanukkah menorahs and mm-hmm. whatever and who are going to get like really amped up and love that and then there are kids that find it all just too much and I've seen so many I was recently actually at the library um, when Santa came in to, to read a yeah. story and one of the moms there, and again, I'm sure incredibly well-intentioned and mm-hmm. I hate, I hate fellow mom judging. So it's right. not about judging. She really was pressuring her daughter to ask Santa a question and her daughter just didn't want to <sighs> interact with Santa. Yep. And there was this sense of like, this is clearly so important to mom and and my guess would be just speculating that maybe mom was a kid or even a grown up who loved interacting, you know, really extroverted. Right. Santa comes in the room, let me tell you my whole list or whatever. And her kid just wasn't into it. And 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 to be aware of those differences and who your kid is and what the most likely scenario is going to be and to surrender to kind of who your kid is. That it's not you cannot control you cannot make someone love holiday lights. Um, you cannot make someone be okay. If your child generally is not into a lot of noise, your child is not going to be into the noise at a Christmas tree lighting ceremony. Like or they're not- any concert or caroling. Yeah. Noise is really overwhelming in the right. holiday season, especially if you have a kid that 
doesn't like noise. Right. It's um, it's almost like for these three weeks, parents forget who their kids are Mm -hmm. because it's, you know, so it's like if your kid doesn't like being around loud music, your kid's not going to be liking around, excuse me, is not going to like being around loud holiday music. Yeah. That's not suddenly be different on December 15th than it is in March. (laughs) No. And it's just going to be worse because all the stores are like 10 times louder right now. Everywhere you go, it's just louder. And crowded Mm -hmm. and pressure filled. And right. So if you have a kid that's not going to be into that stuff, it's trying to be creative on the front end about how are we going to celebrate the holidays in our family? Like we're not, maybe we do one of those things, but we have to come up with much quieter rituals um, in our home. Yeah, because of my kid is and if the holidays really are about what we try to say they are, which is about family connection and love yep. and acceptance and all the rest, like, then pushing my child to be somebody he's not doesn't fall into that. Right. Because love is and I think you I wrote this in my notes. And I think this is from your book that love is basically I get you and I got you. Yeah. And that phrase really resonated, especially because I have a 13 year old and that feels like such a sticky age with all the brain changes again for yeah, toddlers. Like it's very similar when I'm reading all these things and all these things going on in her brain right now. And I get you and I got you. That's what love is. And that's what we want to give our kids this holiday season. Most of all, I just got the chills. Yeah, <laughs> but it's true. It's, you know, and, and it's what we all need from, um, you know, our friends and our partners and, Mm -hmm. our you know, I get you, like, I see you, I hear you, I, I see who you are, Mm -hmm. not just who some random 13 year old is, like, I see who you are. And I get that. And I've got you like, I'm not gonna, I'm still your parent. And I'm not gonna do any. I'm not gonna let you do anything that is unsafe, or that, um, that's kind of in the book, the love, the limits, limits. Mm -hmm. that you're not alone. Yeah, you're not alone and you can push against this boundary as hard as you want because that's your job as a two-year-old <laughs> or a 13-year-old. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. And that might be sometimes to bend a little bit. Like I wrote a recent blog post. That on, was a really know, good blog post. You can talk about that here real fast if you want to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wrote a post basically. Um, I have a blog on psychology today. I'll and- put the link in the notes so people can find this specific okay, blog. Thank you, because it, it was my first one. It was my first entry, and I've been wanting to write about it for so long because I see so many clients uh, who come in and they're exhausted or miserable from like battling with their kid because they have this idea that consistency is so important that once you've set a limit, you absolutely cannot budge. And consistency is just one of those words that I think we've taken way too far. It Yes, I would be the first to agree. And the research says and the science says that being a consistent parent is important. That doesn't mean being a perfect parent or being a parent who never changes their mind or a parent who never makes mistakes. And there are times where, you know, when we are present, going back to what we were talking mm-hmm. about before, we are present and we can take a breath and we can really look at a situation, we might decide I'm, I'm not arguing with my child anymore about taking a bath or I'm going to give my child a snack. I'm going to change my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> um, and it's also, you know, what I talk about in that post is it's also important to say that out loud. Yeah. So instead of, I, I was working with a parent just yesterday who said she didn't, was it okay to kind of 
if she said she was, what was it? She was going to, oh, her child was playing with some toy that was preventing him from eating his breakfast. And she kept saying she was going to take the toy away, but she really didn't want to take the toy away because she knew it was going to lead to this whole thing and they had to get to preschool on time. And so she asked if it would be okay in the situation like that to just kind of distract him so that he forgot that she said that. Sure, it's by no means, I mean, I'm never going to say anything at the end of the world, but why not say like, you know what? I'm changing my mind. We don't have enough time for this to happen this way. I'm not going to take away your toy. You don't have to eat your breakfast. Whatever it is yeah. to, to be transparent. And then they get to see, again, this model of like thoughtful problem solving yeah. and weighing the factors, um, which people seem to be so afraid to show their kids. Yeah. No. So in my um, like early, early days, we lived in California and we were part of this like hippie parent toddler group. And they said, what is the big thing you want to do as a parent? Like as we're holding our nine month olds. And I, that's the thing that I've always wanted to be able to do for my kids is to be able to change my mind in front of them and like offer the fact that, you know, that I'm not perfect and I'm not the gold standard and I can choose a different path and they can make choices and that we can all offer each other that grace and that apology if something does go wrong. Right. So, right. People are so afraid of apologizing to their kids or, or they're just so afraid that it's going to mess things up forever. You know, the example in my book is when Henry, so I have two sons, Mm -hmm. Um, Henry will be six in March and Zeke, my little one, apropos will be four on Christmas Eve. (laughs) Oh, um, although he's very confused because we already had his birthday party to keep it kind of separate. I bet. From- <laughs> so he doesn't understand why he's not four yet. And also we don't celebrate Christmas. Right. We're Jewish. And exactly. so like. And Hanukkah else- starts right around there this year, the 23rd. And there we're going away. Everybody else seems to celebrate his birthday. Like he just has no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, the example I give in my book, it was Henry, my older son, when he was three calling me in at about, you know, 3.30 in the morning to ask for more ice in his water. Um, that was why he woke me up in the middle of the night. He needed more ice in his water. And, of course, my first response was I was so irritated. I had been sleeping, which is such a novelty, you know, at that point. Yep. And, and I said, no, you know, no, of course not. No, we don't get to have ice. It's like a refill of ice <laughs> in the middle of the no, this isn't like a 24 hour. You know. You're not the house staff. Exactly. exactly. And, and he started now, granted, he was, I'm sure, half asleep as well. But he started right. to really throw a fit. And I was able, I'm certainly by no means always able to do this. But it's a constant goal of mine. I was able to like, do what you know, to feel my feet on the floor. And to really think like, what do I want to do here? Like, I could play this out. Or I could get him the ice and I could be asleep and he could be asleep and his brother won't be woken up. And and so I said, I'm going to, and I'm sure again, it was practice for me. He yeah. didn't necessarily take it in, but you know what? I changed my mind. I'm going to get you ice for your water because I'm exhausted. And, yeah. and the parents say, when I tell the story, it's always like, well, what if, what if then he learns that he can wake up every night at three in the morning and ask for ice? And it's always like, that's not, that's not going to happen after one time, first of all. And if it does, then you change course. Right. Like you're not like if he had woken up the next night at three in the morning and asked for ice, I would have said, okay, 
the next day and just like, <laughs> so we're going to have a conversation about when we're, ice is okay and when it's okay. Now come up with new rules and we're going to, you know, there's this sense that like, oh, if I give in right now, if he's been screaming for a cookie and I give him one, he's going to learn that that's always the way to get a cookie. Yeah. I would be the first to say that like, let's not have that become a pattern. Kids do learn to get things that way and we right. don't want but if you are rushing to the doctor and your husband was just laid off from work and your other kid has a fever and yep. <laughs> like, it's okay to decide that you're going to give your kid a cookie. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's it's all about, I think, just to bring it back, being present again, yeah. to be able to actually recognize who your kid is, who you are in the moment, what's going on in the circumstances, and then make a kind of thoughtful decision. Yeah, about when to hold the limits and when to flex. But not everything. Routines and patterns aren't a weapon against you. And it's a whole lot better to say, you know what, I'm changing my mind and I'm going to give you the cookie and here's why. It's a whole lot better to say that than, you know, fine, you win. Here's the cookie. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I I think that is the perfect ending for this episode. Like, you know, (laughs) just, just say that you need to change your mind. Maybe that's the best gift you can give yourself this holiday season as a parent is looking and taking the space and then saying out loud, like, I get to change my mind here. And here's why. Like this was a great tree lighting ceremony for 10 minutes. And I changed my mind. We're all going to go to the diner and have hot chocolate. Yeah. Peace (laughs) out. We're done. (laughs) Exactly. Excellent. That is, that is an amazing gift. If you can start that pattern in your family and model that for your kids, just think about how much better their lives are going to be potentially if they can learn that skill. And how much better just while your life holiday season, your life and frankly, the world. Yep. Like if people were allowed to say, and I'm certainly not going to end on a political note, but I'll let (laughs) you allowed to say like, you know what? I changed my mind. Like I now Safely. see mm-hmm. what, yeah. And, and that that was allowed to be a dialogue in a compassionate, as you said, graceful way. Mm-hmm. The, the opportunities are kind of en- endless. And I really do believe, and again, maybe I'm feeling it more with the holiday season, but yep. I really believe how we raise our kids is how we change the world. So absolutely so have at it. <laughs> exactly. Parenting is a, is a revolution. So exactly. So before we wrap up the show, do you have a way to have self-care or a play idea? So usually we do self-care first and then a really quick family play idea to bond us all together. Yeah. So um, self-care for me is, um, this is sort of a silly one, but I I really think it's important. It's disconnecting a little bit from the news. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in keeping with what we were just talking yeah. about and when I'm in the car, I live in, in again, the suburbs of New York city, when I'm in the car, putting on my favorite music, when the kids are not in the car and sometimes when the kids are and, <laughs> and singing yes. like that, because I used to sing and it's a part of my identity. I'm sure you've done episodes and there's lots written on like what you lose when you become mm-hmm. a parent. I was a singer. I was a performer. I really miss that. I get that it's not feasible right now, but when I am in my car, I will blast, you know, whatever it is, whether it's like a dance, you know, whether it's like, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire or Van mm-hmm. Morrison, I will sing. And yes. I like it really resets me and recharges me. That's an amazing um, gift. Yeah. And I do it now consciously. You know, it used to be just something that would happen if a good song came on yeah. or whatever. 
Now it's like, oh, I have 10 minutes between such and such and such and such. I'm going to put on these three songs that I'm going to sort of sing at the top of my lungs. And I bet when I get there, I'll feel better. That's fantastic Um, because you don't want to be the mom stuck in the car or, you know, the parent in the car stuck listening to Lori Berkner unless you really want to listen to Lori Berkner. Right. Because you left it on by default. Right. So, and I do that a lot, actually, when my kids <laughs> have it in the book, when my kids are starting to lose it, I'll just put on a song that I can't help but smile when it comes on. Yeah. You know, they're like losing it about something. And I'm like, sorry, we're putting on what a fool believes. And they're like, wait, what? you know, but I want to have snacks. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so and then the play yeah, the play idea. Yeah, yeah, the play idea for me happens. I, for me, the, the most important times to play are the times, frankly, when you wouldn't think to play when tasks are hard. Um, and so a play thing for me has become um, when my little one really doesn't want to get dressed. Ooh. One of the things he likes to do is if we put an extra pair of pants on his arms, becomes <laughs> um, an octopus. That's awesome. And and so it's like if I can just build in, yeah. you know, 25 extra seconds to have a little bit of play right there where he gets part of getting dressed is to be an octopus and I deal with the fact that it's taking out an extra pair of pants and then I'll have to put them back in his drawer or whatever. But it just makes the whole thing so much lighter. Yeah. Um, and that's where I feel it, it's great to take as everybody recommends, you know, five or 10 minutes at least each day mm-hmm. to sit and play with your kid. But it's also great to build play into the things that are least enjoyable for everyone. Yep. And so that's, that's an example that I feel like is, is valuable on that front. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for being a guest and sharing all these bits of wisdom. I know that you said a couple of times that it's like obvious tips, but so many times we just need the obvious tips stated again. So thank you. And to know we're all in it together. Like I'm, you said in the beginning, I'm a kind of expert, which I appreciated because the kind <laughs> is very important when it comes to parenting. There's sort of no such thing, <laughs> but I'm a mom too. And so, yeah, we're all Happy holidays to everyone from one mom to to all the rest. (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Christy. I hope that you really, really enjoyed this episode. I had so much fun editing this episode and re-listening to it that I took notes. I'm just so thankful that there are people out there like Dr. Hirschberg that are willing to come on and share their wisdom with us and their knowledge. Please don't forget to go look at the show notes so you can find Rebecca Hirschberg, Dr. Rebecca Hirschberg online. Go find her book on Amazon, follow her on Instagram, Facebook, and her new blog at Psychology Today. If you could do me a favor, please go leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Your review will make it easier for someone else to find this show. And we all need to parent together. Have a great day. You've got this. You are the right mom for your kid.